This is Alpha One Sports, your podcast for all things Philly sports. Let's get into it. This is Anthony with Out for One Sports. Oh, and this is Tom with Out for One Sports. Welcome to episode four, a long anticipated episode four here. Uh, we took the uh, last week off. There wasn't a whole lot to talk about in terms of Philly sports, aside from, you know, a couple games. Uh, but, you know, we would rather take a week off, get uh, some fresh, clean content for you guys. So uh, there's quite a bit that happened since uh, our last episode. So let's get to it. Yeah, well, let, first, before we get started, what, we, what have you been doing the last two weeks, Anthony? Uh, just taking care of uh, the boy, Oliver. Uh, he's a very good kid. Uh, took him to a place called My Gym. Let him run around, you know, kind of a workout for a parent. But, uh, yeah, I had a birthday party there for one of his friends from school. And um, other than that, just been relaxing, getting some cleaning done, watching some sports. Yeah. Yes. How about you? Sunday, I was uh, ripping some balls at Top Golf with my lovely girlfriend. I uh, tore up some skin, which is you know, which is a little painful. Gotta get those gloves. I just got. I, I bought one afterwards because I realized next time, you know, it'd be nice to just have it ready there. I should probably should get another. Yeah. <laughs> I should probably have gloves for both hands, but I uh, was ripping them further than I ever have. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, you're cutting them to the left in that video. <laughs> well, I mean, I wear a lot of orange, so you can call me, you can either call me Orange Crush or Orange Slice. Checks out. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of uh, Orange Crush, how about those Flyers today? Nice uh, comeback win against the Sabres in the shootout. Some uh, hard work from uh, the Moose there. Moose has been coming uh, up Brian huge. Elliott. You know, uh, I mean, we got some struggles going on here with uh, Carter Hart. Um, I mean, what do you think about that? I, uh, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, coming off a good last year, you know, I. It, what do you think? I'm thinking he's been left on an island quite a bit. You know, our defense has been playing pretty damn bad, in my opinion. You know, playing. Like, pigeon. You know, playing like a bunch of pigeons. <laughs> um, so. You know, I can't blame Carter Hart for everything, but at the end, too, good goalies, uh, they can bail your team out, and I just don't feel like he's been doing a whole lot of that this season. For what reason, I don't know. I would hate to think he's regressing. Um, but, you know, I would uh, I would, I would, hope he could turn it around sooner or later, but it's nice to have a nice backup uh, goaltender and Moose come in there and save it for us. For sure. Uh, I mean, where do we go at this point? I mean, you know, you have a lot of young defensemen. Uh, it kind of seems to me like you need a little bit of some veteran presence because there's quite a bit of mistakes happening. And, uh, you know, obviously, like you said, uh, you know, Hart on, a, on an island the whole time. Um, I mean, is there anybody out there on the trade market that we can look at? Well, there's uh... – I know we talked about this, I think, on the last episode. Matias Elkholm from Nashville. Um, I don't think it'll take a whole lot to get him. But, you know, obviously, I think with any move we make for a defenseman, we got to consider the ramifications on what would it what it's going to mean for the upcoming uh, expansion draft when the Seattle Kraken come into the NHL. The Kraken. The Kraken. Um, 
so but there's he's out there like keith yandel i think's out there um i read you know potentially maybe trevor van reemsdijk you know okay making yeah, i've heard i've heard uh, yandel come up quite a bit uh but i mean especially after our last podcast it seemed like there was a, a lot coming up with uh um i call him so i mean but, you know since then it's been pretty dead but, but that's 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 one area we got to share up as a defense you know today you know pretty sloppy but it's not you know it's nice to play against the sabers knowing that full well that you know just because we're down by two doesn't mean it's over you know sabers are pretty darn awful we you know after a while in the first period it got to be like i believe 180 some odd minutes since the last time the sabers had actually scored on us so you know they were bound to break out against us at some point yeah but you know for sure they it's been a been a while since they scored on us since that blowout they had earlier in the season yeah that's a team that you know forever thinks they're going to make the playoffs year after year but they always come short by a lot <laughs> but it, you know the comeback was very nice um you got guys like Jaruk scoring for us you had a nice uh, nice ripper by ghost to tie it up uh and then you know we had our chances in the late stages of the third then we get to overtime, good amount of chances. Uh, you had Coots who got on a breakaway, but uh, couldn't see how the deal. Didn't really get a good move in. Kind of ran into the slow, a little slow. Yeah. Ran into the goalie there, um, but then you know went to the the shootout, or as some like to call it, the skills comp. Not a big fan of it. If you if you ever want somebody to score, just ask me if they're going to score or not, and they're going to do the complete opposite. Yeah, because Anthony said Coots wouldn't score, and then on the shootout, and he did. So, uh, so it was nice. Uh, he uh, redeemed himself on his turn on the shootout. Kutsk scored, and uh, Moose made a made a save. The next uh, skater for the Sabers, and then Nolan Patrick put us up by two, and then Moose made the game winning save, and the boys won five to four. So. You know that's one thing about Moose is like since he's started here in Philly. You know, he's. I feel like now he's starting to get the respect that he truly deserves. I feel like for a while, oh, he's just that veteran presence, but just how much experience and just how good he is, even at the age he's at right now, is a big deal, you know, to come in and win a lot of games for this team. And, right. you know, especially with a struggling Carter Hart, you know, you know definitely kind of, you know, is a, you know, taste of something different. Not, not pushing anything. You know, Carter Hart's still the guy. You know, but you know, obviously he's got to look at the at the veterans to, you know, kind of kind of get a little better there. Yeah, just hoping he can turn it around. Hopefully, our defense can uh, help him out, stop leaving him on an island a little bit, and uh, we can move forward. But it is not, like you said, it's nice to have that veteran presence behind us uh, with Moose. Uh, you know, he. <sighs> I think what helps too is the fact that he's not having to be the guy for us, you know, come right. off the bench, uh, you know, starting every so often, you know, coming in in relief for him, you know, you know, I think it's less pressure on Moose and that's leading to better play. So I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't turn into Moose is just going to start, you know, almost every game and instead of Hart, because Hart's been struggling and then Moose will get into a funk. So Hopefully Hart can turn it around so it doesn't negatively affect Hart, uh, Brian Elliott as well. Yeah, I mean this is something that always happens. I mean you got to give the the young guy, you know, a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. You know, mostly. I mean you're talking in any sport. You know, usually there's a sophomore slump in there. You know, 
So, you know, he'll, he'll get through it. You know, you got to shore up the defense a little bit, though. You got to get a little bit of some strategy in there to, you know, get a little bit of some better play call, uh, you know, for these defensemen, you know, to, you know, start, stop exploiting, you know, some of these uh, easy goals. Yeah, one thing we got to do, too, is we got to get better on the power play. I feel like uh, we, I think today was like our first power play goal in like, what was it? I thought I heard like 16, 17 chances. Like, that's just not right. And that seemed like every yeah. time we, we'd win a face-off, but then turn it over right away and they'd clear it right out of the zone, taking huge, important time off that over power play clock. Right. So that's one area they definitely got to improve on, too, is their power play and their turnovers. they got to limit those. So it just hasn't really gotten any better. It just seems like, you know, ever since uh, Vigneault came in, you know, the, the power play hasn't been the greatest. You know, versus other 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 seasons where you know it kind of seemed like the the power play was, you know, the bright spot of the team. Right. So they got a, another game coming up on Thursday against the Capitals. They lost a close one to them back on, I guess it was Sunday. Yeah, you had a tough one. You know, you had the fans finally coming in, you know, to be able to see some games. Um, I bet it was nice for the players to hear, shoot, again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tell you one thing. I about, mean, just in general, I mean, the fans are a big difference for these leagues, you know. Big difference makers. Especially with the Flyers. It's probably a good thing that I probably can't really go uh, right now because, you know, they're you know they playing like they, you know, have been the last couple of games. And I'm there to yell and scream. I'd get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, we're not going to throw wristbands onto the ice. Though. Oh, yeah. We weren't those guys. Uh, we were actually at that <laughs> game uh, back in the uh, 2016, was it? Where it was yeah. the Flyers-Capitals game three where uh, in the Stanley Cup quarterfinals. Um, Flyers score the opening goal and then go on to let up another six or seven goals. And Flyers fans got so upset, you know, we we had these light-up wristbands to start off the game for a nice pregame presentation, you know, in remembrance of um, Ed Snyder, the uh, Flyers' former president and owner. And fans took it upon themselves to chuck those on the ice in anger. (laughs) I never thought I'd be part of, you know, as a spectator, I'd be involved in getting a penalty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and... You know, when in doubt, you know, if you ever want to piss off a uh, season ticket holder, just throw your wristband on the ice. Yeah, Lou Nolan uh, told us all to keep it classy. And, I mean, me and your boy Anthony took kept it classy, but nobody else did. I love the T-shirt that came out of it, though, afterwards. Yeah, I still have that T-shirt. I still have my wristband, too. Yeah, I have it as well. Mine, mine's a, a, probably in a box in the basement, but I kept mine for the longest time. I mean, it stopped working, like, pretty quickly after... All know, coming it, home, but honestly, all it takes is an, uh, a watch battery, and it starts working again. Yeah, laziness. I've changed <laughs> it a couple times, but yeah. So, and hopefully Carter Hart can turn this uh, season around and start playing better, so we don't have to keep relying on Moose to co- come in and bail us out. Uh, so yeah, I mean, hopefully, moving forward next, with the next game against the Capitals, hopefully we can uh, get get another victory over them because you know we've been pretty successful against them, but the last game. Um, it's kind of a letdown. Yeah, and it looks like right now the Flyers are sitting at a uh, fifth place in the division. Uh, looks like the Islanders took up first place. You know, it's some big competition with the Flyers last year in the playoffs. 
But, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, Thursday we can get some uh, good action against the Capitals. Yeah, I mean, we're only a point behind the Bruins, but we still haven't beaten the Bruins. Uh, yeah. So we got to get some victories against them. We got to start, you know, racking up some vic- victories against these guys. So now... One last thing, though. Some... Side note. Yeah. Um, NHL is back on ESPN, I believe, uh, starting next year. They just signed, I believe, a seven-year deal. What do you think about that? They're probably more worried about LeBron's hair. I sure hope, but, you know, spending that kind of money, they're going to devote the appropriate amount of time. I mean, it was kind of sad over the last several years when they were only showing, like, maybe two and a half seconds worth of hockey highlights. It's like... It's one of your right. four major sports, and you're not giving it proper attention. It used to be one of your most important sport sports on your network with uh, NHL on ESPN, Hockey Night, and everything like that. So I'm hoping, you know, they give it the respect it deserves. I hope to God, I am praying they bring out the, bring back the, the NHL on ESPN theme song. I'm hoping they bring back Gary Thorne to commentate. Um, could be uh, some nostalgia hockey coming next year. Can't wait for that. talk about lebron james we can talk about uh, a little bit of some sixers action we just had the uh all-star game uh team lebron you know takes the victory I, I guess it's just with 170 points wins it all um that game is such a the joke. unfortunate yeah I, I mean it's all three-point action but it's uh not fun when you don't get to see you know not one but two of your uh team's players play over you know some covid protocols yeah, they went into contact tracing because they uh, went to go get a fresh cut uh, with their Baba before heading down to Atlanta for the All-Star game, and apparently the Baba had uh, a little bit of the cove. The Baba. <laughs> so uh, so those guys weren't, unfortunately, unable to play, um, but I believe Embiid will be back uh, tomorrow, you said? No, uh, it looks like uh, they're both going to miss Thursday. Uh, oh, okay. Embiid will be able to join the team on Friday. But uh, Ben Simmons is going to be staying an extra day out, so he won't be able to play Friday as well. Yeah, it's just just a shame. I just the whole All Star game itself was just unnecessary this season. It, you know, that's that's something really for the fans, and you know, when the fans yeah. can't even be there, you know, you got that slam dunk contest, a three point contest, a skills competition. That's something you want to have the fans in there for. And the fact that they were unable to attend, to me, it was just pointless. And, you know, you should be limiting the travel as much as you possibly can. So Exactly. There was just no need to put players at risk like that. So And you cost us two of our players. I agree. Yeah. All for a meaningless BS Mickey Mouse game like uh, Embiid called it. I mean, I I think the the NBA is just, you know, awful about these – you know, protocols. I mean, it just seems like, you know, if it's somebody like LeBron or a big name like Kevin Durant, you know, like, oh, yeah, they'll be able to play right away. I mean, I wouldn't say Kevin Durant. Sorry, wrong name. But, you know, somebody like LeBron, he'd say, like, oh, I'm fine, so let me play. And, you know, he's going to be playing the next game versus, you know, they just don't care about these other teams. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, sir, Kawhi Leonard. Um, But... I mean, I mean, the one perk that you got is, you know, right before the All-Star game, uh, Sixers came out, you know, had a heartfelt uh, game against the Utah Jazz, ended up winning in uh, OT, 131-123, with a big game by Joel Embiid. 19 rebounds and 40 points. Yeah, another game for the big fella, you know, coming through in the clutch for us with that last-second three-pointer that took us to overtime. 
But the best part of that whole game, at least for me, just because I found it so humorous, was watching Embiid tell, tell the refs, hey, tee up uh, Donovan Mitchell over there. He's being a little baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that three was massive. Not any big man like what, in this league yeah, is going to shoot that three. What big man can do that? Half the, half the league is not going to shoot that type of three, period. Daddy, chill. <laughs> yeah. I what just... the hell is even that? <laughs> Yeah, what was that shot? I mean, he just, like, he took the step back, and he just, it was a nice Kobe, Kobe-like Kobe fadeaway for the three to tie that game up. And then he, I, I I don't know if you can argue at this point who's the MVP. He is the MVP. He, he means more to his team than anybody else. He's going to be my MVP. So if they don't pick him, they're not my MVP. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's got he's got to win that award. And then, uh, I mean, apparently he's more interested in Defensive Player of the Year award, not the MVP. But Personally, I don't think players should be really pining over personal achievements. I would hope they'd be more geared towards just winning a championship. Oh, yeah. And that's something yeah. the city's I mean, been craving for a while. I mean, we want this, you know, we want to finally say the process actually was a success and get us a championship. And I feel like this year we're pretty darn close to it. Yeah, closer than ever. It's just it's hard to look at this team now and what what you can do at the trade deadline. You know, is it worth going and pursuing guys like, like Kyle Lowry, or PJ Tucker? Um, well, PJ Tucker, some I think, of this. I think PJ. Some of the smaller sorry. names like uh, um, like uh, Nance over in uh, Cleveland. I'm I'm hearing some discussion about him, but. I mean, like, are these names worth giving up a guy in the future like Matisse Thibel? Um, you might even start seeing people wanting Maxi in there. I mean, I don't want to necessarily see those guys go, but I feel like we do need to make one of those types of moves to really put us over the hump to make us a true contender, especially now that the Nets have Harden and they just got Blake Griffin. I'm not saying Blake Griffin's a huge difference a maker, joke. but, you know, he's a veteran presence that coming off the bench for them. Um, Kyle Lowry, you know, I think we'll end up having to give up some draft picks and probably either Matisse or Maxi, one one of the two. I don't necessarily think it'll be both. And then you're probably looking at, yeah. um, want to say Mike Scott, maybe Terrence Ferguson. I don't know if you'll Those have are to. Those guys you can clear up. I don't know if you, I don't know if you'll have to give up Danny Green, but that could be in the discussion. PJ Tucker, that's not going to take much. Um, that'll if we did trade for him, it'd be a second round pick at most. Or yeah, I would assume it'd be something like a conditional second. That mm-hmm. or I think they're gonna. I, I think the plan though is they're gonna buy him out, and I think he will end up here. That'd be good. He's a great. He. I think PJ Tucker's presence would be big for the Sixers. That'd be um, a nice, nice piece off the bench. They gotta add to that. He's got that nitty gritty, you know, Philly attitude that I think will definitely. Yeah, he's not the greatest player, but he's definitely not the worst player with that nice, you know, veteran presence. I think, you know, could, you know, get us over the hump a little bit. But I'd love to see Kyle Lowry on his team, but I just don't know if he fits per se. I I just, you know, he's another guy that's up there in age that you're going to be paying $30 million to. I, I, I like the guy. You know, he's a hometown guy. I, I, I don't know. I... I'd love to see him, but at the same time, I can't see, you know, too much, you know, player assets, you know, going towards that. Maybe some draft picks and maybe unload a couple, you know, veterans like Danny Green or Michael Scott. But um, as you see, I said Michael Scott. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah. I. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what you think about Kyle Lowry, but I mean, he's a great guy, but I, I don't think he's a huge difference maker. I think actually he would be. Uh, you're looking at somebody who's playing about um, pretty much 35 minutes a game uh, on average, uh, averaging about 18 points, shooting 45.7% from the field, uh, averaging about five and a half rebounds, seven assists a game. I think that's going to be a major help for us. Um, He's one of those guys that just, you know, doesn't consistently score, you know, high points. It's usually, you know, he has a 20-point game. He's got a 9-point game. He's got a 7-point game. He's got a 15-point game. It's all over the place. And I feel like this team's priority is score scoring. You know, they got a pretty good defensive team. Um, you know, they got guys within the perimeter that can shoot, you know. And then you got, you know, a couple guys that can shoot outside the perimeter, but I think that outside perimeter is definitely much more needed yeah so i don't necessarily i mean i I think too he's not gonna have to do a whole lot coming here you know in toronto he's got to really be the man i mean i know they got pascal siakam but you know they don't have a whole lot else so coming here yeah he's not gonna have to be super you know a superstar not that's not saying we're gonna he's we're picking up a superstar when trading for kyle lowry but i do think that puts us closer to championship contender if i get picking him up So hopefully we uh, – I I really ho- do hope we make that trade, and I do hope we uh, we can still maybe pick up P.J. Tucker at the same time because knowing that it's either – that's only, that's not going to take much, if anything, to get him. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest priority is the fact that, you know, Joel Embiid's got, what, four or five years maybe re- remaining. You know, I mean, you never know. He could last a lot longer. He can last a lot less. But, um, yeah, I mean, this team – yeah, it's definitely first place right now. They're first place material. Um, but, you know, that always changes when they meet the playoffs. You know, let's try to get over that hump. Yeah, I agree with you. Let's try to get something with Kyle Lowry. Yeah, so what's coming up for those guys next game? They're supposed to be playing uh, uh, Chicago Bulls. But the Chicago on Bulls. And then they got the Wizards on Friday, both the way. We'll see how they uh, react to not having Embiid or Simmons for that game. You know, Tobias is going to have to really step up for us, and uh, you know, he had that he was snubbed in that All Star game, so I think he'll be wanting to prove, you know, coming out and prove something in that game. Yeah, I think the last time the Sixers were without Embiid and Simmons, uh, Maxi had a very fabulous night. Yeah, a lot of our guys, a lot of our younger guys, are going to have to step up uh, with those guys out. It's time to show your worth. Don't let this team trade you. you know? Yeah, and you know if we're, if we have to play anybody, you know without without these uh, star guys, you know, glad it's the Bulls. You know, right? Nice, nice little easy game to start. Yeah, we got the Bulls and the Wizards coming up. I mean, excuse me. Uh, that's what we ha- what happens on Alpha One Sports. We drink and you know might let out a little belch every now and then. Excuse us. Yeah. That's um, what happens when you drink a lot of beer. <laughs> speaking of which, I. Uh, I know it's March, but you know they Lion and Kugels came out with the summer shandies again, so I'm a happy guy. You're excited. I've been on a Bud Light aluminum bottle kick the last two weeks. It's I, been I Bud did, Light aluminum bottles. I did see. You never answered my question. I saw you got the Eagles bottle. Where'd you get that? Just a local beer distributor. It's a nice bottle. But yeah, we got the uh, Bulls. Uh, you know, uh, we got a attack Zach Levine. You know, that's a player we got to watch out for. 
Um, and then, you know, you got the Wizards. Really have to contend with Bradley Beal and his 50 points per game. You know, I, I never really worry too much about Russell Westbrook because I think we could contend him fairly easily or defend him fairly easily. Yeah. Get under his skin and he starts to play poorly. He, he brooks a lot of threes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so we got some spring training action going on. Um, one of the big, you know, pieces of uh, information out there is, uh, you know, the situation that happened with Adubel Herrera uh, back in 2019. He missed quite a bit of some time. You know, he's under investigation for some uh, domestic violence situations. Um, you know, he's, you know, invited to the team for spring trading. But, you know, right now he's hitting, you know, point four four four. He's got, you know, he's got a home run. I know he's got a couple stolen bases. Um, I mean, he's looking to be the, the top guy to take that center field position. I mean, you might have a chance with uh, Mickey Moniak, you know, stepping in. You know, he's having a pretty lights out uh, spring training so far. I mean, what do you what do you think about uh, Adubel Herrera after what what's happened? You know what? You know before before that whole situation went down i i always thought he was a decent player never thought he was a superstar player by any means but you know he was always a quality player for us could always get some timely hits um but of course would go through his spurts where he's not hitting and striking out a lot it just seems to be the philly way sometimes but you know first i do want to point out you know none of us here at out for one sports condone what he did you know we are completely 100,000 times percent against domestic violence that should never ever ever happen under in a million years personally speaking would i want him back on my team probably not uh, you know yet yeah, is everyone you know does everyone deserve a second chance I, uh, yes Pending. but is it really i really feel like it has to be under the right circumstances it's like should do you really deserve to make millions of dollars again after what you did you know, cause there's there's people who do that all the time, and they their lives are over. Why, just because he can swing a bat well, he can come back and play, no problems, basically. Yeah. Now, granted, I will say many people in sports have done much, much worse. I'm not saying this isn't bad, but you know, murder. You got yeah. I'm not gonna name names really, cause you know it's it's all it was all speculation, or you know nothing was ever. You know, some some things weren't, you know, they weren't charged or th things like that. Or some people did do their time. But, you know, you got people, you know, people murdering people. You know, they don't, glove don't fit and they don't go to jail. Um, you the got, glove don't quit. <laughs> Sorry, if the glove don't fit, you must have quit. <laughs> <laughs> and then go write. <laughs> and then go write a book about how you would have done it. Right, and then you know you got you know got guy dog fighting. You know, countless uh, innocent animals are dead for somebody else's twisted amusement. And, and now, granted, the guy did serve his time, paid his penance. You know, went out of his way to. You know, work with animal rights activists to show that he's truly remorseful. But so you know, there's a lot of guys who get their second chances. So. 
I mean, personal, my personal opinion, I don't know if I would necessarily give him one, but, you know, but it's also not, not for me or anybody else to really forgive or, you know, not forgive or look past or not look past. It's obviously only one person and one person only is, uh, you know, responsibility to do all that. And that's the man upstairs. So let's just hope that he's learned his lesson. He's worked. I'm hoping he's working with a counselor and maybe working with some, maybe some other programs to maybe help promote, you know, anti-domestic violence. I just hopefully he's rehabilitated and that just never happens again. I hope he can regain the trust of his teammates and uh, fans. Just stay clear. And, uh, Maybe come back and play some good baseball for us, because we know we do need a we do need a good quality uh, center fielder. Right. I mean, I mean the deed's already been done. He, you know, he's been invited to spring training. So, I mean, can't condone what he's done, but you just got to put it all on the baseball field. Um, but you know, to me, it's kind of you know they don't they never really had that guy. I mean, you had Adam Hazley that could play that position. Um, I mean, you can always throw, uh, Kingery in there. Um, but you know, you got a guy down in AAA, Mickey Moniak, that's up with the team right now during spring training. But, you know, this is a guy that, you know, should have been making this team a year or two ago. You know, how, how to, how do you go about this? Or do you think they're, you know, looking for every, you know, possible avenue to not keep? a double on the team or, you know, it seems to me like he's pretty much sealing the deal for, you know, to be the starter center fielder for this. I don't necessarily think team. I don't necessarily think they're going out of their way. Uh, I would say they want to do their due diligence to see what they have with him. I'm sure, you know, there's behind the scenes things going on to make sure that he is rehabilitated and that he has learned his lesson. But if he's the man for the job and he's the best player, you got to go with him. I mean, there's nothing better than Philly sports and their PR. I mean, they can always find a way to, you know, solve a lot of things, uh, you know, at the right moment. So I wish the guy, you know, some luck, you know, not that I condone what he did back in the past, but, you know, if he can, you know, make a nice comeback and, you know, shows, you know, sh gain that forgiveness from the fans and just play some good baseball, you know, as, as yeah. long as his team's successful, you know. If he can truly show he's remorseful, you know, I'm, it's not for me to judge. But, yeah, we got some, you know, spring training going on. Um, you know, Plus, I don't really like talking about, you know, Philly spring training because, you know, they always tend to play very well in the spring and fairly early on in games. But then, you know... They tend to struggle when it gets to July and August, so I don't really like talking about spring training. More or less, you know, just trying to get some, you know, feels of some of the players how they're how they're batting right now. And I mean, stuff. from what I've seen, it looks like our normal guys are hitting well right now. You got uh, Bryce Harper hitting bombs in the in the couple games he's played. Uh, you know, McCutcheon, all those hitting guys. dingers. McCutcheon hitting dingers. <laughs> so. Let's uh, just—it'll uh, be a lot easier to gauge better when they start actually playing the regular season. There we go with another OF1 belch. <laughs> <laughs>
I figured I should get one in there while we're at it. Uh, so, uh, I want to get into a little bit of some Eagles talk, more, more or less, you know, some NFL talk. Looks like you received a big deal for uh, Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott getting a four-year deal, 160. Uh, looks like it was about $126 million guaranteed over the four years. Actually, I read, you know, $75 million he's getting paid in the first year. $75 million in you the know, first year. Yeah, that's what I read. Uh, to me, this sounds like a Carson Wentz 2.0 situation. You think, uh, think it's worth it? Is it worth it? Only time will tell. He has played pretty well in the for, in the first couple of years. I was always under the impression that he wasn't worth Car- that Carson Wentz-type money. I always thought he was a little below Carson Wentz's level, but... I think after this past year, that tune has definitely changed. Um, I will say, you know, I I don't say this very often because, you know, I am so totally against Dallas. I hate da- Dallas Cowboys and all of that stuff. I will say I'm happy for the man just after that horrific injury he had last year. Exactly. Yeah. He never got the chance to sign that contract. You know, it, it looked bleak th- that it would happen. I didn't know if they would actually you know, have faith in him, but I am legitimately happy he got that contract, you know, after that horrific injury, just do I want him to prove that it was worth it? No. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, it, it, you know, you, you want him, you know, to succeed because he's a good guy. He's a very good talent. Um, I like the guy personally. Uh, you know, if, as long as he wasn't wearing the star, I'd really like him, but, you know, I, to me, it's a, it's a win because, you know, he's not a carrying type of quarterback. He's not going to carry his team anywhere. You know, he needs a lot of the legwork done for him. And, you know, even though they got quite a bit of that, you know, they have a whole – they got not much cap, you know, in the coming years. And, you know, they don't have a defense at this point. So Yeah, that team's got a lot vested in three players, Dak, uh, Zeke, and Amari. I don't think they have a whole lot of money else – uh, to spend elsewhere like you said they got no defense and even with Dak on the field they really haven't done a whole lot you know with yeah with those guys and the most success they had is made the playoffs and maybe won a game but over over their you know years for the deals for those I believe uh, both Amari and uh, Zeke both have five-year deals and then you know, with Dak's four-year deal, I mean that's I, I from what I know is that's about three hundred three hundred and fifty million dollars on the table right there. Yeah, that's the only team I feel like that ever does that is Dallas. Exactly, <laughs> but not, I not mean take- I wish the guy luck, but I don't think you know forty million you know off the cap they they're they're not going anywhere. Yeah, don't not- even think that they're going to go anywhere because they're not. Yeah, I honestly think along with the Eagles, uh, Dallas is on the decline. I hate to say that about I the would Eagles, be, but... I would be more confident about the Eagles right now over the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, my confidence, you know, with the way the front office has run this, our team, it's at an all-time low for me. I don't know about you, but, you know, Howie's just kind of shaking my confidence, and quite frankly, so is Jeff. I mean, right now, for me, you know... This team went through a cycle. You know, they got a Super Bowl out of it. They got, you know, three out of the 
I guess three out of the five years with Doug Peterson at the helm, you know, they got playoff experience. You know, they're keeping some key guys for the next couple of years that I think are worth, you know, somebody like a Brandon Graham and, you know, you got Jason Kelsey coming back, thank the Lord. Uh, but, you know, I think you're going to have a pretty good core that you could then build the talent portion. You know, you got your, your receivers, you know, get an extra running back and get some, you know, defensive backs, you know, on this team, especially a linebacker. But, you know, you can start to, you know, get a lot of these guys before, you know, you got to start investing back into the O and the D line. You know, so I think there might be, you know, maybe next year with a new scheme and everything like that, it might be fairly difficult to succeed. But, yeah, I, I would say maybe 20, 2022, depending on, you know, just how good Nick Sirianni can make this team be. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked for some playoff experience again. Well, I don't know if I would necessarily expect that this season. Like you said, I am happy that they kept Jason Kelsey. We want to try to keep some consistency on the line. I've heard some rumors that they might be looking to trade uh, Brandon Brooks. Uh, I don't know how I necessarily feel about that. You know, on one hand, he is a big, big-time component of our offensive line when he is healthy. He's a pro bowler, multiple-time pro bowler, huge anchor on that line along with Lane Johnson. So I don't really want to lose him. However, and quite frankly, Quite frankly, too, it would not really make a whole lot of sense to trade him this year when you would only save about two, two and a half million on the cap versus, yeah. you know, if you trade him maybe the following year, you'll save, I think the number was closer to 10. The, the, the big thing, too, that I understand, you know, you're looking for every possible avenue, you know, to relieve yourself of cap, but, I mean, you know, 2022 is going to be a big spending season for this team you know they're gonna they're gonna have 60 70 million dollars in cap you know going into 2022 you know i know they're gonna be you know you know pushing the can down the road you know but you know some of these teams or some of these players are gonna you know be on this team a little extra longer but they're 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 you know they're gonna be okay they're gonna get a ton of cap you know this is gonna be kind of a down year you know, they get themselves under the cap with, you know, a couple extra things, you know, making Alshon Jeffrey and Malik Jackson both, you know, official releases. But they're not even tendering their co- punter. That's how, that's what that's how much they're trying to get under the cap. They're not even going to offer their punter contract. And he, Cameron thing, Johnson's been the, playing fair, was playing fairly well. The only logical thing I can think is that, you know, tendering him would be more than getting him signed under a reasonable deal. Maybe we could find out information on what tendering him would be worth, but I would think, but I think you the, know, maybe they're looking to, you know, settle something a little bit lower. But the Eagles definitely still have a long way to go to get under that cap. Like I was talking about, you know, Brandon Brooks was an option. I will say on the other end of the spectrum, too, when it comes to him, he has been injured quite a bit. He's had three season-ending injuries. He does come back in record time, I'll give him that. Back when he tore his Achilles against the Saints, he was already he was ready by week one. The following season, he injured his shoulder, I believe, against the Giants in the last game of the season. It missed the rest of the, game, the season, missed the playoffs, and then... Right before the season, this season started, he tore his, his other Achilles. 
he, looks know. like he's in very good health though i mean it looks like he's dropped some weight gained some extra muscle and you know maybe that could have been you know daunting him with you know the second the second achilles tear and then the one thing I've always kind of, I've been a little, I've always felt bad about thinking just be, just because he can't help it. However, he does run that risk of missing games due to his anxiety. I remember we were at that Seahawks game in 2019 when Lane Johnson was out injured and I guess he had an anxiety attack because Lane wasn't going to be playing next to him and he got sick and couldn't play himself. So there's always that chance where let's say Lane Johnson misses a game there's a he could end up missing a game because he gets an anxiety attack so that can be a liability at times right nothing against you know those types of you know issues but you know I mean that's also another thing you know he's getting up there in age I mean linemen are you know able to get up there in age you know it it depends you know you got guys like Jason Peters that are still trying to play but you got Jason Kelsey, who's, you know, 33. Uh, most of this line is going to be, you know, 30-plus. You got, you know, left side of uh, the, you know, offensive line. You know, you're going to have a couple of young guys. But I, I would be okay with the trade. However, they should just keep them. There's no point. Yeah, I would just keep him this season. You know, the cap space, only freeing up $2 million isn't really worth it. I know there, there's talks that Zach Ertz is probably going to be on his way out this year, this uh, week or maybe next week. I don't know if he's going to maybe Indy, Buffalo, I've heard, possibly. But I'm also hearing, you know, he's only going to be worth a, a day three pick. I honestly thought he would have been still worth a, uh, you know, a second or third I mean, the problem with that is because there's already anticipation that they're going to release him. So that's why, you know, the value is going away. You know, he's you know, the day three pick is because why am I going to settle with the day two? Why are, why am I going to give you a, you know, day two pick, you know, when he you're going to be released if you yeah. don't, if, you know, by league year, he's going to get released. He also had a bad last season that really hurt his value. But yeah, a lot of that was injury, though. It would be nice to pick, you know, if we're going to pick up something, you know, be nice to pick up maybe a fourth, something like that. Yeah, I would suggest work hard for a three, but aim for a fourth. I mean, I think a fourth would be good value for him. You know, 30-year-old, uh, you can't really say, you know, he's old because you got guys like Travis Kelsey that are up there, too, playing lights out football. But, I mean, that comes with a big thing right now, too, is with – you know, you know, your big tight end, you know, Super Bowl winning tight end, you know, being traded, being released. You got a big guy named Kyle Pitts coming out of the University of Florida out of this draft. I'm hearing so many rumors about the Eagles liking him and that would be their first choice in preference to guys like Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith. I'm hearing a lot of good things about Kyle Pitts. He's a tight end by trade, but you know you keep hearing that he could play anywhere, uh, inside, outside, receiver, tight end. Probably one of the best prospects coming out at the position in a very long time. So I'd be very happy with him. I mean, on my prospect board right now for the first round, my my top five right now is Jamar Chase, receiver at LSU, just because just 
kind of kind of guy that reminds me of a Terrell Owens type guy. Could probably do it all. Run over, run, th- run right. over the middle, run down the field. Big body guy can, can catch contested passes. I think would be a big help for us. You know, Kyle. Yeah, Pitt- Devontae Smith. You know, he's got that speed, but Kyle Pitts is my number. Tiny. Kyle Pitts, my number two. Uh, Devontae Smith is my third, and I put him down there because of what you just said. You know, his size. You know, I think we kind of have durability could be a huge issue. I mean, there's even some some thoughts of maybe just trading back and settling for like Jalen Waddle, which would be a very good, you know, a very good choice as well. But you know, I I think this team needs a guy like you know Pitts or Jamar Chase. I think. Jamar Chase should be, you know, the priority over anybody else. But I'm a little, I guess, you know, you just picked a wide receiver in the first round last year. Why keep going after wide receiver after wide receiver, you know, in the first round? You know, you have to hit eventually. Well, you kind of have to keep doing that when you keep missing on it. Uh, You know, just to hit back to my top five real quick. Uh, Like I said, Devontae Smith, number three. You know, if we do go defense, I'd like to see Patrick Sertain, cornerback out of Alabama. And then number five would be Jalen Waddle. I don't, I would preferably would not like to see them trade back. I I do want to see them hold steady and take either Chase or Pitts because one of those two I would expect to be on the board at that time. Yeah, I I feel like this team needs a guy like Patrick Sertain, though. Uh, I mean, that is just a prototypical beast of a cornerback that is definitely going to be an elite player in this league. Uh, and I just got a bad feeling that he's going to end up on the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, that would be nice to have him like line up, lined up uh, on the opposite side. Uh, Darius Slay, give us our best one-two punch at cornerback since probably Leto Shepard and Sheldon Brown. We haven't had, you know, a steady combo at cornerback in a long time, so it would be nice to get him in the mix. And that would also allow Avante Maddox to move inside to the slot where I think he played better. Yeah, I mean, they're already going to slide him back in. I think they experimented with that one, and, uh, you know, obviously it didn't work out. You know, he's, he's a very tiny guy. He's going to work well in the slot against, you know, smaller, faster type, you know, wide receivers. So um, now you got to get your, you know, your next guy on the outside. I mean, you, you can very well pick that guy up in the second or third round i think you know there's some great prospects at cornerback um down the line in this draft but i feel you know wide receiver cornerback and linebacker are their number one priorities in this draft right and then uh some other report came out that uh jeffrey lurry has mandated that he wants howie to build around jalen hurts rather than try to draft any competition or sign any true competition. And that, to me, if that is true, is a very big relief to me because I, I would have hated for them to have to go out and draft another quarterback. Cause that the would just quarterback work. factory is closed. <laughs> you know, when I heard Howie first, you know, make that speech about the quarterback factory, all I thought was... What? Um... <laughs> I know I probably said this in other podcasts, but quarterback factory, you're an NFL franchise. You're not a quarterback club. You're not a quarterback camp. Your job is not to develop quarterbacks. Your job is when to I, win When I heard Bowls. him say that, 
when I heard him say that, I pictured like making a team of all quarterbacks in Madden. Yeah, like what what was he think? I know he said you know later on, I guess after the season was over, that he regretted that comment, but he still meant it. And that was just the most asinine comment you could possibly make, because you again you are not a quarterback club, you're not a quarterback camp. Your job is not to develop quarterbacks for any anybody else. Your job is to win a Super Bowl, and to surround your franchise quarterback with talent. Uh, and and also too, who else has he developed? Clayton Thorson? No. Nick Foles is. What are you talking about? He Clayton Thorson is like a fran- future franchise quarterback in the making. Uh, G.J. Kinney. Oh, don't even the get goat? me started with G.J. Kinney. <laughs> Uh, they gotta, they gotta get him on the coaching staff soon. They gotta get, they gotta pry him out of. Well, I think last year he was coaching at Hawaii. You know, he's, he got a, a little bit of an upgrade. I, I can't remember exactly where he got picked up. You know, for the same position, but it's obviously an upgrade. But Nate Sudfeld, uh, I mean, Nate's, you know, he's been okay in some games, but he still hasn't seen the field. Uh, you got uh, Nick Foles. Is you don't know what's gonna happen to him. Love the guy, won us a Super Bowl, but. He hasn't done doing much. I mean, he, Howie has not developed any quarterbacks. The Eagles have not developed any good quarterbacks. So that whole notion was stupid. So I'm glad Jeffrey finally stepped up. If this is true, that and said we need to build around Hurts. So no, no drafting a quarterback at number six. No going out and trying to find any true competition for Hurts. Let Hurts be the guy. If you were going to draft him in the second round last year, and you caused all that crap for Carson, and you shipped Carson out. You make Jalen the guy, bring in some talent around him, re- rebuild in, uh, that offensive line, and let's see what he can do. You know, with a full full off season, knowing he's a starter, full sixteen game schedule, seventeen now, I think, and let's go. I mean, but you know, what, what kind of situation are you going to have here at quarterback? I mean, he is going to be the only quarterback on this roster. Start. You oh, know, I'm sure they'll bring the in league somebody. New Year. Um, but I'm, what kind of what kind of route do you go at that point? I mean, I think you bring you in like draft a, somebody in a later round. You know, there's going to be a lot of prospects, you know, later round that could you know pan out to be some decent you know backup quarterbacks. Or do you bring in a veteran presence to help? I think you still got to bring in a veteran to to help Hurts. I mean, I think you can still keep Nate Sudfeld around and see what happens. But I think you bring in a veteran. I, I mean, I think you'll have a couple guys you might be able to look at. I think uh, you got. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who might be available. Uh, he's retiring. Is he? Yeah, there's reports out there that he's going to retire. Wow, finally. So he's not going to add another jersey to his resume? I guess not. I mean, I know there's uh, the Broncos who are like heavily interested in bringing him in as like a stopgap as well. Oh, that stinks. All right. Well, I guess not, no to him. Uh, I mean, Tyrod Taylor, I guess, is always an option. You know, his last time with the uh, Chargers. You got... Jacoby Brissett from the Colts. Maybe Nick Sirianni brings him over. Um, you know, I've heard some rumors. I don't know if this is true or not, but I've heard some rumors about Marcus Mariota, which would be really ironic. Yeah, that would be pretty funny. But Chip Kelly would be pretty pissed off about that. That would be – it would be funny. Um, so, but My th- thing with the quarterback position, though, is that every quarterback needs to be similar in nature because – you know, talk about the Eagles Super Bowl year. You had Carson Wentz starter. You know, you know goes down. You have Nick Foles. You have Nick Foles, similar in stature. You know, can run pretty similar 
you know, types of schemes. And then you also got Nate Sudfeld, who's also relatively similar. You know, they all are in that 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six range, same weight, same athletic ability. Obviously, Carson Wentz has a little bit more athletic ability over the other two. But, you know, to me, I feel like you need to bring in somebody similar to the nature of Jalen Hurts, you know. So, if any of those picks, I would probably, if you're going a veteran route, I'd probably think Tyrod Taylor would be your... I'd agree Tyrod Taylor, just because he's also not going to be pushing for that starting job. He might be, but, you know, I think it'd be a safe bet that John would win the job. Cause if Maybe go... in a Chase Daniels way. I actually heard a rumor, you know, he could return as well. I mean, hopefully he doesn't take as much money as he did the first time. Uh but, you know, it would be a decent backup because you would hope he never has to come in anyway. <laughs> he uh, makes a living making a whole lot of money doing for being crap. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor, I think, would be our best bet because he's not going to push for that starting job, and he's similar skill set to Jalen Hurts, so I think he'd be a nice veteran presence for him, uh, a good mentor. Marcus Mariota, I th- again, skim- similar skill set. However, I think... He, that's the kind of guy who's going to want to try to win another starter pos- starting position because he was a uh, number two overall pick only back in 2015. So I don't right. really think he wants to give up just yet and settle for just being a backup. So And Jacoby Brissett, that could be another decent pickup behind Tyrod Taylor. Again, another guy with uh, similar skills, great arm. It could be a, n- a nice mentor. He has worked with Tom Brady in the past, so I think he could teach – jail on some things right i i mean this team's not going to have a whole lot of cap space going into free agency you know it's gonna you're gonna get those you know backups in here uh, i mean you're really gonna start fresh with the draft uh hopefully they can accumulate some more picks you know try to get you know unload some of these contracts via trade and uh, hopefully they can get, you know, under the cap, have a little extra to spare, pick up, you know, backup quarterback, maybe pick up, you know, a couple extra additions on the cheap. Maybe you can uh, bring somebody in under, you know, a couple-year deal where, you know, maybe the first year you back you backload the contract. Obviously, for the right player, you could backload the contract and uh, get this team, you know, back in the playoffs, you know, try to limit the amount of years – this team misses playoffs. You never know. Maybe they won't, you know, miss any. Because you just can never trust the, the the football team or the Giants, you know, to accomplish that at this point. Or the Cowboys. There hasn't been a re- repeat winner in the NFC East since I think the Eagles did it back in, like, 2003, 2004. Right. And, uh, I just... mean, the Eagles have uh, statistically the most easiest schedule coming up this year. Yeah, and I think that, are they in fact adding the seventeenth game this season? I'm not exactly sure. I think that's a big one, but I think they still have those meetings that they still got to go through to approve that. Because I know that would mean eliminating one preseason game and adding another regular season game. So if they do and end if that up, happens, yeah, you can go. If they do end up going that route, I, we do end up playing the Jets, is what I've heard. Because we'll be playing the AFC East, and we'll yeah, it's gonna be away so we'll have we'll we'll have two trips to MetLife Stadium this season so would be kind of interesting to see 17 games 
we would hope that with the easier schedule we'd be able to perform better but some of these teams i think would be able to turn it around because you know i think you know the lions you know with Jared Goff, i think they might be able to i don't think they'll make a whole lot of noise but i think they've given us some fits the last couple times we played them and they've actually beaten us i think the last two times so that could be trouble um I think the 49ers will turn it around, so that's going to be a very tough game for us. Jimmy Garoppolo should be back. George Kittle should be at full, full strength. So they're going yeah, to they're 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 not going to have quite the team as they did the past couple of years. So right. So only time will tell. We'll see what happens in the draft. I'm sure, uh, closer to next, you know, sometime next month, closer to the draft, we'll do a nice mock draft episode and really kind of go through the first round and see where players will fall and according to us and what the eagles will end up doing right yeah and we could definitely get you know we can even do a nice you know seven rounder you know starting to get towards the later rounds it's all pure what we think would be a good one even though you know we're not you know perfectionists in college football but you know we definitely you know get some good profiles going on with a couple of the later round players right so anyway, any uh, plans for the week? Uh, I mean, April's birthday is coming up this Thursday, March 11th. We're going to be doing some celebrating. And uh, over the weekend, we'll do some celebrating at uh, Parks Casino. Oh, yeah? Are you going to be eating at Chickies and Pete's? Yeah, most likely. You got the, uh, you got the, the cash for that? You got the cash. Got the cash. Well, that's good. That should be fun. I don't. I don't know what exactly what my plans are. I might be heading to New Hope. Maybe find a nice restaurant over there. Thought thought about going to Triumph, but they're still closed. Uh, so we'll see. But it's been nice chatting today. Good, good to be back. It's good to have a lot of content to go around. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully the Flyers and Sixers will be playing well this week, and so hopefully our next episode will be even more cheerful. But anyway, this has been Alpha One Sports. I'm Tom. And I'm Anthony. Don't forget to, you know, go check us out on Twitter, uh, Instagram. You can get some uh, notifications on there. You know, when we post new podcasts, you know, pretty much, you know, anytime there's a game going on, we like to give not exactly play-by-play, but, you know, at least, you know, a couple play-by-plays each quarter period um, inning. And, uh, you know, just keep you guys updated, keep you guys engaged and interested. Uh, if you guys want to hop on and uh converse with us if you want to you know dm us in any way suggestions or things you want to hear us talk more about you know we're definitely open to that stuff and on twitter you can find us at alpha one sports you could find me at tom at tom carroll underscore of one where can they find you i'm gonna be at aunt carol underscore that'll be both my twitter and my instagram at my Instagram, you can find me at tpc1122 underscore of1, and our Instagram uh, for Alpha One Sports is simply Out for One Sports. Same with our Facebook. And again, this has been Out for One Sports. I'm Tom, and I'm Anthony. Everybody, it was nice to talk this week. Everybody, have a good week. Bye. Take care.